Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the co-founder and CEO of VinoVest, Anthony Zhang. His website is VinoVest.co. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm happy to be on here. Yeah. Uh, it's a new year, so I thought I'd check in with you. How's the how's 2021 treating you so far? Um, I got to say it's pretty great. So I uh, got a new puppy. So oh, a pandemic puppy. <laughs> Exactly. Like a lot of folks, uh, some puppy therapy to get through. Um, so my fiance and I are just loving on the new puppy. So, oh, I love that. And like great. you two are engaged. So it's like, oh, let's like start to like, you know, entertain the idea of kids by having a puppy. Like, that's really cool. It's a good, uh, good reality check because I did not realize how much work they were. So uh, yeah. 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 You know, you know, some people stop at dogs though. Like they, they just choose to not have dog, like have kids after. And right now I have, I have, I just have a dog with my husband and I jokingly call him my only child because he's just so spoiled. And I think he's, um, you know, I think he's thriving during the pandemic because, uh, he has separation anxiety. And so like, we even tried to train him to be alone, but then the pandemic hit and we're like, okay, I guess we're just never all the attention. <laughs> yeah. We're never going to like, like train this out of him. He's just going to be, he, this is his life. Like he assumes like we're always going to be there by his side and he gets like, he really freaks out when, um, when we're not around. So it's just, uh, anyway, um, good luck to you both <laughs> in raising a puppy <laughs> and also congratulations as well. Cause yeah. it's, that's Thank a new family member, right? Yeah, absolutely. We love him. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Anthony, uh, let's talk a little bit about your company. I find it uh, quite fascinating and it sounds like a ton of fun. Uh, VinoVest is a wine investing platform that started a couple years ago. So tell us about that from um, you know the early stages, like the idea to now becoming what the company is today. Yeah. So I think it was back in late 2016. I had just sold my first company on one now. And um, like a lot of people in, in late 2016, just caught that crypto bug. So I was really, really into cryptocurrencies. Um, and just through that space, you meet, you meet all sorts of interesting people who are investing in different things. And one of those things happened to be investing in wine. Mm. And to me, that was, that was just really, really cool because first of all, I didn't know that wine returns had actually beaten out the S&P 500 returns mm. over the past 30 years. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, like why does wine actually go up in value? And when I dug deeper into it, it made a lot of sense to me. So first of all, wine is one of those things that actually gets better with age, right? You have that right. saying like age is like fine wine. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, not only does it get better, um, it's something that has decreasing supply as time goes on, right? Because once oh. you drink a bottle of wine, right. it makes the remaining bottles that much more rare because you can never undrink it, so to say. Right, right. So here you have an asset that actually improves over time and also has decreasing supply as demand increases. So the fundamentals seemed really, really sound to me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool, I want to invest in wine. Um, you know, the worst thing that could happen is I'm stuck with a bunch of nice wine, right? It's not like <laughs> a stock where it goes to zero. Um, yeah. So I was like, all right, let's get started. Um, the things that I realized though, was that you needed to be really, really wealthy or really, really well connected to actually mm -hmm. invest in wine because 
first of all, um, buying and selling wines um, at that high level is almost impossible without connections. Uh, yeah. Having a wine cellar, having the proper storage and climate control and insurance is really, really expensive. Mm. And then thirdly, in terms of that um, selling process, if you didn't have those connections, you'd have to go through a broker or go to a wine auction, uh, both of which you need at least $25,000 to even participate sometimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I kind of hit, hit a wall and I was like, well, I just don't have the funds to be able to do that. I want to kind of test it out as a small investment. And it just didn't really sit right with me that this thing like investing in wine that's really been around for hundreds of years, it's only available to someone who's already really, really wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to create a solution for myself and for others where it was just much more accessible. So that's where Vino Vest comes in. Um, I built a platform with my co-founder that handles um, which wines you should pick for investment purposes. We also handle storage for you, so you don't need to worry about any of the physical logistics. And then finally, we built a platform that gives you liquidity, so you can buy and sell at any time. And it's easy as just having like a you know an ETF or or a stock. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're building here at Vino Vest and how it came to be. Wow. I think that's really incredible. So people are treating wine like stock where they, you know, they, they, you know, keep it and invest in it, um, but they don't drink it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the kind of fun part is like, you know, you could drink it at any time. Right. Um, But I think that's also a, uh, a good thing that we're keeping it away from them because, you know, friends (laughs) over or you're having a good night and you, reaching the back of the cellar, you don't, you don't want to be drinking your profits away. So that's yeah. another uh, perk of us storing the wine for them. So yeah. It's like an out of temptation. I, I think that's like so fascinating because it's this item that uh, is supposed to be consumed, but you uh, discovered, I mean, for, for one, this has already been, you know, normal that uh, wealthy people or people who are very connected can uh, invest in wine, you mm-hmm. know, but I just, I, I'm like still processing that. I was like, yeah, some people just don't drink the wine. They just keep it, you know, and then they, yeah. they, you know, they keep it like a stock, like you mentioned. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, you know, recent sneakerhead culture, right? Like all these people are uh, yeah. collecting sneakers too, and they're, they're not wearing them, right? They're just in their boxes, in the packages and, you know, they're just flipping it for, for a profit. Um, yeah. Now you're starting to see the same thing with, with training cards too, and, and other things like that. So I yeah. think um, people are just, I think, interested in investing in more new things outside of the stock market. And wine happens to be something that a lot of people are passionate about, or at least interested in learning more about. And then when they come to our platform and realize that, hey, this is actually a thing that has been a pretty good investment over the past few decades, um, they, they decide to give us a shot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you just reminded me of my ex-boyfriend where he had an entire closet of sneakers and oh, like he would wear them like maybe once, but then immediately clean them. <laughs> and he'd like walk a certain way to not, you know, scratch the bottom oh, no. of the shoe. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then he got me some Jordans and I was like, I was like, I'm not going to wear this. Like, I'm not even into like, you know, like Michael Jordan's great, but like, I'm, I can't rep. I can't talk about the history of this shoe. Like I can't, I can't wear this, you know? And, (laughs) and so anyway, just, just brought back memories. Um, let me know. So now that you have democratized, uh, you know, the wine and wine investing, uh, what type of, what kind of people have you uh, seen been attracted to this platform? Yeah. So it was actually a little bit surprising. We thought maybe the, uh, the low hanging fruit or the initial pool would be like existing wine collectors who just wanted a more tech savvy solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that 
it was actually just like everyday retail investors, you know, people who are, you know, maybe um, millennials or, or later, you know, maybe they're like early 40s or something like that, where they're um, understanding the importance of investing uh, and not putting it all into the stock market. So they're mm-hmm. actively looking for places to diversify and they come across wine. They're like, hey, this is something that is probably a little bit more fun than like investing in an ETF or a bond. Uh, seems pretty cool. And they just put it in. And so um, pretty much all of our customers, they've never invested in wine before or probably even thought about investing in wine before before mm-hmm. coming across Pinovest. And they're treating it as just like a fun thing to invest in that um, they can talk about with friends and also yeah. make money. I mean, I, I'd like to say, I was like, hey, yeah, so I invest in wine. Like, yeah, ask me what that means. <laughs> like, it's so like, no, it's not stock, it's wine. Topic. Yeah. Well, uh, walk us through that process, Anthony. So let's say, you know, a a new investor is interested in um, investing in wine. What does it look like? Or what does that process look like? um, I guess from the moment they visit your website. Yeah. So we try to make it really simple because we realize that most people know nothing about wine investing Mm -hmm. and we want to keep it so that the amount of decisions they need to make are very, very straightforward. So number one, it's how much you want to invest Mm. Number two, it's how long do you want to invest it for? And then three is what's your risk appetite? So mm. based on those few factors, which I think you know any investor should consider regardless of what they invest in, um, we're able to use our algorithm and then give them a curated recommendation of a portfolio of wines. Mm-hmm. So just like stocks, you know, there's your equivalent of like blue chips, like really, really stable, steady, like big company, like an Apple or an Amazon equivalent type of wine that has a long history, has a lot of price appreciation track record. And it's like a very short bet. So if you're conservative, we're probably going to get you some wines like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're more risky or like aggressive, so to say, you know, there's your equivalent of like emerging markets, right? Like newer wine producers or uh, hotter regions that um, are more up and coming, but ha- maybe have a less of a historical track record. So mm-hmm. um, maybe are a little bit more speculative and risky. And we try to balance people's uh, preferences to their wine portfolios we get them. Mm-hmm. The next step is that we actually go and buy those wines. So we work with a lot of wineries and we then store those wines in mm-hmm. warehouses all around the world. They are uh, climate controlled, temperature, vibration controlled, and we also have a full insurance on them. So we really do try to protect the wine in case anything happens to it because people are treating it as an investment. You know, a bank has your FDIC guarantee. Obviously there's no FDIC for wine, but we try to create something very, very similar so that people can feel safe Mm. knowing that we're throwing their wine for them in a location that they'll probably never see. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing that'll happen is they can track the price of their wine, see the wines in their portfolio, just like any stock portfolio, right? You'd log in, you can see the prices, you can see how much you have, um, and that's also the experience that we've created on the BNLS platform and they can buy more and sell at any time as well. Wow. I love that. That's uh, that's incredible. And it sounds very easy, um, especially for millennials <laughs> where we just want that kind of easy steps to success. Um, is there a minimum investment that you recommend people get started with, or does it really depend on the investor? So I'd say most people uh, on our platform, they start with a couple thousand dollars just to yeah. test it out. Um, and that will get people, you know, cases of wines from different regions, different vintages. So really kind of a starter portfolio. And we're seeing people uh, just be able to build up their portfolios because there's different wines available at different price points and from different countries as well. So people really see it as something that they build up from over, over time 
I think mostly because it's something that's brand new to them, mm-hmm. right? This wine investing in general, and also because VinoVest is new. So we, we really want to keep the threshold low. So our minimum is just $1,000, um, but be able to earn their trust over time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Noted to myself, save a thousand dollars and then go to VinoVest. <laughs> um, before, before I move ahead, Anthony, I want to shift gears and talk more about the entrepreneurial side for our listeners here on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. But before, like I said, before I move ahead, is there anything else you want people to know about your company, uh, VinoVest? Um, I would say that it's something that I know is really, really brand new. So we, our team really uh, tries to be accessible and, um, you know, as available as possible. So mm-hmm. if someone is curious, wants to drop me a note or anyone our team members know, we're more than happy to jump on a quick call, chat through it and really, really be there as like a friendly guide. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good to know. Uh, well, as you know, Anthony, um, this show is called The Thoughtful Entrepreneur and we really, uh, you know, just want to encourage our entrepreneurs and small business owners to be more thoughtful. <laughs> so um, as an entrepreneur for the recent years, and also as, a, as an investor, it sounds like you've been involved in this space for quite some time. Um, what, is, what are some maybe uh, like tips or tricks or advice that you want to share with our listeners um, in regards to your success so far? I would say in terms of the early days, it was really about solving my own problem. Mm. Uh, I- I don't think I would be able to take this company this far if I wasn't obsessed with it. And it was something that just started as just a curiosity. And then the more I dug into it, the more interested I became. And it really became something that was, you know, pretty much consuming my life in terms of spending more time in it than it was my actual job. I think that is like a very clear sign that you should be <laughs> starting that business instead of your, your nine to five. So yeah. um, I think, in terms of just knowing when the time is right or what to focus on, I think it's easiest and you'll never really feel like it's a, you know, it's work when it's something that you're already interested in doing. Yeah, definitely. I think even to this day, it's still hard for a lot of people to grasp that they can make a living doing what they love. Uh, you know, kind of just making that leap from a nine to five to something like you said, you've already been obsessing about. So I imagine that was um, a pretty big leap of faith for yourself to, you know, to transition from, let's say, working to what you're doing today with VinoVest. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was. And I think a lot of it is like you have to believe in yourself and um, I think I don't think I would have been able to do it as quickly or as successfully without my co-founder. So yeah. I know with uh, with people starting businesses, a lot of times they could be solo. A lot of times it could be you know one or two business partners or co-founders. So uh, mm-hmm. with, with all the businesses I found in the past, they've all been with a co-founder. I think especially in those early days when you're like hitting your head against a problem or really just trying to get from zero to one, it really helps to have someone in there in the trenches with you who mm-hmm. deeply understands what's going on and can help you and help each other and motivate each other to get across the finish line. You know, I've definitely heard uh, horror stories of uh, co-founders uh, being together. So let me know, what is your key to success? You know, cause it sounds like you have this history of working with co-founders. So it sounds like it's really been working for you. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's like dating, right? You need to know the person. You can't really just like go into it be like, all right, let's start a business together. <laughs> right. um, you know, my co-founder, we, we worked together. We were co-workers for mm. two and a half years and we'd gotten to know each other really well, just both personally, socially, as well as professionally. And, it, you know, he was someone who I respected as a co-worker before we even became friends. I think um, those relationships, you really can't replace time. And um, 
I, I do agree that like it's it's really really important, right? This is essentially the person you're going to be building a company, hopefully for the rest of your life with, right?、Uh, so it's it's almost like choosing a, a someone to marry. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I have a. I knew this divorce attorney where she said, like, I help、uh, couples as well as business owners or co-founders like divorce in a sense because it's almost the same exact thing. Yeah, it's just as messy, right? There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of、uh, tied up assets, and、um, yeah, I could definitely see it, it going south if, if people don't have a true judge of character. Yeah, absolutely. Well,、uh, Anthony, just kudos to you for your success so far and really creating、uh, this company, Vinovest, with your co-founder.、Uh, before we go, any parting thoughts to our listeners?、Um, I would say, pandemic is tough. I really, really want to encourage everybody who's starting a business to care about their emotional and mental health. I think you、yeah. gave a really awesome example of being able to take some time off at the end of each month.、Mm-hmm. Our company, we have something called Mental Health Fridays, where At the first of every month, first Friday of every month, people are just encouraged to take the day off, do whatever they need to do to recharge and refresh. I think, especially when everyone's working at home, they probably have a ton of other things going on. It's really, really important to do that because it's easy to burn out working on something you're passionate about, even if you love it. So,、um, yeah. take a break and enjoy life sometimes. Yeah, I appreciate that.、Um, when I,、uh, as I take the last week off of every month, I、uh, sort of feel like I tell. I mean, now that I think about it, it's like you know maybe that's just an accumulation of all the times I could have commuted somewhere. You know, it's like when、yeah. you do Zoom calls, it's just back to back to back to back. I'm not driving from one place to another, right? But it's like, oh well, let me just use all that and take the last week of the month off. So, and I'm very proud of myself for enforcing that boundary <laughs> on myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anthony, it's been such a pleasure again having you here on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks again for joining us. Likewise, Jen. It's been awesome. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Anthony Zhang, who is the co-founder and CEO of Vinovest. You can learn more about him and his company at vinovest.co. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com/guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag #upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over one hundred twenty thousand social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. Fifteen minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the thoughtful entrepreneur movement.